Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us. Thank you. You don't live in buildings. The church is not closed. Your people are full of your presence. And we come boldly this day. Whatever's going on in our lives, whatever the challenges that we're facing, we come boldly because there's just one way to come to you, and that's through Jesus, through the lover of our souls. And so we come running today into your presence. And we come running to your word because it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I pray, God, that you will speak with us this day, that we will glean from the wisdom of your word, that it will illuminate our lives and our pathway. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, thank you, team. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning. It's a great joy to gather together. Just get myself in position here. Ah, are you okay? Sorry, I can't hear you. Are you okay? Everything all right at home? It's a weird time, isn't it? But I believe with all my heart that God is up to something. And uh, this morning, I'm going to do something a little unusual. I'm going to do something that I'm not sure if I've ever really done before in my seven years of being here. Um, I'm going to speak on exactly the same scripture as I did last week. And I wasn't expecting to do that, if I'm honest with you. Um, let me just tell you, in my approach to last week, that we are doing this theme on wisdom in Proverbs. And, uh, and I did produce sort of reams and reams of teaching um, going into last week, but I didn't really use them because um, I felt that I should give an analogy or I should paint a picture or I should carry out a parable, if you like, that would illuminate all those reams of teaching that I put together on the scripture that we're going to look at again today. And the reason I'm going to do the same thing again today is a similar reason to a number of years ago, I read about a pastor that he got up one week and he preached on how God's called us to love one another. And it was a well-received message and people responded with much grace and they responded with a sense of uh, desire to pursue the purpose of God. Um, but the next week, the pastor got up and he said, and today I'm going to talk about and we shall love one another. And people thought, okay, second week in, that's okay. And uh, same message as last week, maybe he's got some new things to bring. But it was pretty much the same word, word for word, to be honest. And then he did the same thing on the third week and the fourth week. And after a period of time, people came to petition him and said, do you not have any more sermons to bring? You keep speaking on the same topic week after week. Why are you doing that? And he said, I really feel God has said to me to keep preaching the same message until people start being doers of the word rather than just hearers of the word. And I was really deeply touched last week. If those of you who weren't able to join us and didn't manage to catch up online, I encourage you to do that. But I took an opportunity to act out, if you like, something of the scripture that we're about to look at, which is Proverbs 27, verse 17. And it says these words. Proverbs 27, 17. Simple words. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I took the opportunity last week to phone a few people 
didn't manage to get everybody on the phone. One person I tried to call was actually in the middle of preaching as a guest preacher at another church when his phone was going off last week. But I managed to connect with him after the service. But another friend of mine who had had an earlier service and he was available, I called him and said, I just want to let you know that you have been an important part of my life and my journey. And I wouldn't be the person I am today if you had not been sharpening me, if you had not given me the privilege of us being able to spend time together and to become sharper. I made the point that, that you and I can't be the people that we are designed to be to fulfill the purposes that God has designed for us unless we are sharpening against other people. And I was blessed, so blessed, to hear many of you say, say that after the service last week, you sent messages to people, you phoned people, you expressed gratitude for things people had done and said, and the presence they had been in your life. And it was beautiful. And I think many of you who sent those messages got nice messages back. And there was just this beautiful flow of love and grace that just touched us. And I believe that moment was precious. But I don't believe God's just looking for a moment. I believe God's looking for a movement. I believe he's looking for his church, for his people, to not just have moments of grace, but to be movements of grace. To not just have moments of sharpening one another, but to be a movement of people who are continually sharpening one another. To be the men and the women and the young people that God has called us to be. I brought a few illustrations with me this morning. Um, got a knife here to carefully pack this into something that I could fit in my bag that um, wouldn't be too dangerous this morning when I left the home. And uh, we, we, we love a sharp knife, don't we? Um, it's very difficult if you're chopping things up in the kitchen and your knife is blunt. In fact, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes 10, 10, and it says, using a dull axe requires great strength. If you've got a knife that's very finely sharpened, you can chop your veg very, uh, very much simpler than you can if your knife is blunt. It says, using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. We love a sharp blade when we are trying to use it to chop things. And I believe with all of my heart that God is calling you and I to be sharp blades in his hands, to be people that are, have a cutting edge about us, that we're able to fulfill everything that God has for us, that we are called to be sharp. But, you know, we, we all want that, and we all know that. Uh, but I, I've got in my kitchen drawer at home this knife sharpener, and uh, it describes different sort of knives that I can use on this. There's fine um, sharpening I can do. There's re-edging and uh, there's a honing. And I just choose which slot and I just put the knife into it and it helps sharpen the knife. And in many ways, lots of people are looking for one of those in their life. They're looking for something that will help refine them and sharpen them and help them to have that cutting edge. And this scripture says 
that not that when we bring iron to a sharpener that we'll be sharpened, but it says that when we bring iron to iron, that our desire to try and find the expert, to try and find the person that's got it all together, to try and find the person that's refined, the person that specializes in sharpening is probably something that you and I would all love. We'd love to have that perfect mentor in our lives. And I thank God for those people that have traveled beyond us and they've got things they can add into our lives. But this scripture is not talking about going to professional sharpeners. It's talking as iron sharpens iron. But we're meant in our relationships and in our friendships to be able to sharpen one another despite our frailty, despite our weakness, despite our inadequacy, despite the fact that we need sharpening ourselves. And I really believe that this scripture is an invitation. It's an invitation for us to be part of a culture that invites one another to sharpen our lives. That I find so often people say, I feel blunt, I feel blunt, I need sharpening, I need sharpening. And they disqualify themselves because they say, I'm a blunt blade. I cannot accomplish what God has got for me because I do not have the cutting edge to be that person of God. And they put themselves in the kitchen drawer and they allow others that have a sharper edge to be the people that engage with the purposes of God. But I want you to know that no matter how blunt you feel, that God has called you to have a cutting edge, to be sharp. He has purposed you to be someone that is able to fulfill everything that God has for you. I love that God has often gone into the drawer and picked the unlikely. He's often picked those who feel blunt and feel inadequate, and he's often purposely selected them and said, I have got great things that I want you to partner with my spirit on accomplishing and achieving. But how do you get sharp? Probably doesn't look good on video, does it? Me waving a knife around while speaking on the stage. But how do we get sharp? Well, we know some of those spiritual things in our life that help us find a cutting edge. But I don't believe that you and I can be the people that God has called us to be unless we're like flint sharpening with flint. Iron sharpening iron. That the church, the people of God, those of us who have been isolated in homes, in communities, we've been unable to meet, that we are destined, called, purposed to sharpen one another. We can't do this alone. I don't believe that you can fulfill the purposes of God by becoming a hermit, spending all your time praying and seeking God. That's a beautiful and a wonderful thing. But it seems to me that in God's word that he often works through other people, through other iron. So, Maybe 
when I'm sharp, maybe that's when I can sharpen others. No. Because in the process of two bits of iron working together, they sharpen one another. That there's an exchange that takes place. There is an interaction that happens that we allow each other to become sharper by our interaction when we do that in a godly way. Now, you and I know that there are times when we interact with others and it feels, rather than sharpening one another, you know what I mean? That our actions, our activities, rather than leave each other feeling blessed, they leave each other feeling damaged, injured, pierced, hurt. And I have experienced many times over the years that there have been people that instead of feeling encouraged and instead of feeling blessed by the interaction of community and by the interactions of friendship, that what they do as a result of being hurt, they build walls and they build separation and they pull away. I heard someone say recently that in the natural, COVID has struck those with underlying conditions. That if people had underlying health conditions, they were the most vulnerable to its physical attack. That many of those who've been hospitalized, many of those who have been um, struggling with serious ill health through COVID, many of those who've lost their lives may have had some underlying health conditions that COVID has come and it has attacked. I see that a similar thing has happened in many other sectors of society. If your business was struggling before COVID because of some reason, COVID has come and it's accentuated the problem. It's, it's magnified it. It's made it a bigger problem. If you had relational struggles before COVID, COVID has probably, and your response to COVID, has probably made those relational struggles bigger and more difficult because it seems to have amplified issues. And the danger is that as society begins to think about moving forward now, as we consider re-emerging into a new level of normality, and it will be a different world. It'll be a changed world. You and I have been impacted, and it's affected us in all sorts of ways because we were never really designed to live this way. But the danger is that we come out of this with those areas that have been exposed, more injured. So if you had issues with other people before COVID, then COVID has magnified those, and maybe your issues are now greater. And yet, God's word says, as iron sharpens iron, God's plan for his people, for the church, is that we're people who make each other better, who make each other more able to fulfill the destiny of God, that our engagement with one another makes each other a bit able to connect with God's plans and God's purposes. We're not meant to survive. We're meant to thrive. We're not meant to meander. We're meant to have a cutting edge in our life that can go through the issues that we face with a confidence that if God is for us, who can be against us? 
But there are some, as we consider re-engaging in society, they were like that before because maybe they'd injured. And now, post-COVID, they're like that. And my appeal to us, my appeal to the people of God is for us to prepare, to build not just a moment, but a movement of a culture of people who will commit themselves to sharpening one another, to being the people that God's called us to be. 1 Thessalonians 2.8, Paul writing says, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but we shared our lives also. We didn't just share the gospel, we shared our lives. God's plan for his church, for his people, is that we share life together. Now, there, is a, there, there are a set of values we've had as a church for a number of years. Three of them. One of them is we live courageously. We're brave. We don't run in the face of challenge, or we don't run away from, the, from challenge. We run towards it because we're courageous. We're called to be people, prophetic people, who step into society with brave hearts. That's what God has called us to be. Secondly, we love extravagantly. There is such a reality of God's love in our heart that we ooze with it to everybody we connect with. We flow with an extravagance of love. You see, the enemy wants us to create distance and cynicism and caution and hate and offense. And he wants there to be a gap because he knows that if you can come together being filled with God and you can come together with openness of heart and you come with extravagant love, you will be sharper than you could ever be isolated. And I'm excited for the months ahead. I don't believe they'll be free of challenge. I don't believe the years ahead are going to be free from challenge. But I believe we have an opportunity to make some decisions about joining together to sharpen one another into the things of God. And the third one, which we won't go into today, is thrive authentically. There's a reality and a depth of authenticity that God wants in our lives. But love extravagantly. I might divide opinion here today. I've got two pieces of toast. Which one's your sort? Can I, can I just... Um, can I tell you about a marriage problem I have? That's Nita's. I, I always think it's like eating charcoal off the barbecue. And that's mine. Nita reckons that it's not worth using the electric to even put in the toaster. She basically says, I just like bread. 29 years and a few weeks' time we would have been married. And we've never resolved that issue. We haven't come to some arrangement that's agreed halfway. Okay, let's compromise and let's both like different things. And there are loads of these issues in our marriage. Mushrooms. What's all that about? 
It's fungus, church. You're not meant to live off fungus. That's not what you're meant to put into your mouth. They're meant to grow in the ground and then die. You know, now I know some of you love them. Nita loves mushrooms. It's one of her favorite components of food. And over the years, she's got a sharp knife, and she's chopped them up so small that I won't see them. But I can see them. And we've never resolved that issue. And there are loads of these issues in our lives. Maybe in our marriages. I'm not elevating marriage above singleness here. So hear me clearly. If you're single, I believe you can be fulfilled. You can be the sharp, cutting edge that God's called you to be. You don't need a husband hanging off your arm to fulfill the purposes of God. You don't need a wife hanging off your arm to fulfill the purposes of God. You can be the person that you were called to be with friendships around you that can help sharpen you. But you do need people. Why do I put all that in there? Well, I'm just mindful that times our churches can look like marriage-centric places, that it almost seems like that's a greater qualification in our life. And I want you to know it's not. In fact, our Savior, Jesus, was single. But I do want to just for the next couple of minutes just think about some of these toast issues in marriage. Because if your marriage was struggling before COVID, it's probably had a difficult year. And I believe I've got a redemptive word for you today. Because I believe that you have, in some of your circumstances, you have become very frustrated with each other you, in fact, I felt as I was praying that there are some watching this today, whether live or on watchback, and you have made some decisions about some future seasons for your marriage that involve it ending because there's some differences of toast, there's some mushroom issues, there's some things that rather than sharpen each other, you are now hurting each other. Rather than giving each other a cutting edge, you're giving each other a cut. Last week, I phoned, I phoned a good friend of mine that's been a real mentor and a great inspiration in my life. I mentioned another person that's been a great inspiration and a blessing in my life as well, but I didn't phone them. You know her well. She's my gorgeous, beautiful wife of 29 years. And um, she hardly ever answers the phone when I phone her. But I wonder if she will this morning. True to form. Welcome to the O2 messaging service. I even told her I was phoning. <laughs> Nita, would you call me? Just give me a call right now, okay? That'd be fantastic. You know, in our marriage, 
I can honestly say there have been times when these issues have caused us real difficulties, where these moments have challenged us to such a degree that you both go off in a huff, you both go off in other directions, and you pull apart, and you pull away from each other. And in 29 years of marriage, we've had some arguments. Sometimes they've been about trivial things like this, and you don't realize at the time, they're just small issues. They're just, you know, those anecdotal things about rolling the toothpaste on the bottom or putting the toilet lid down and all those sort of things. They're, they're not big issues, but they build and they build, and there's something of a cynicism and, a, and, a, and an ugliness that comes into the relationship that just, oh, hang on, I've got a phone call. I wonder who this can be. Oh, she's gone. No, there you are. Let's try this. Hey, Nita, can you hear me? No. There you are, technology. That's okay. I'll have to do this without you calling, Nita. Let's try one more time. Nita, can you hear me? No. This has not gone well, has it, as an illustration this morning? I'll, I'll, we'll have strong words when I get home about this. I'm joking. I'm illustrating. But there are, in our lives, it's so easy for these issues to become things that pull us apart, that separate us. Church, what would it look like for you and I to have such an extravagance in our love? To have such a generosity, to have such a desire to help the other person become sharp, to become the person they were called to be, to have a cutting edge about them. What would it look like for us as a church to be a community that's not just, oh, I like going there because they sharpen me, they sharpen me. What's it like for us as a community to come and say, how can I sharpen others? Because in sharpening others, we become sharp ourselves. Marriages, church, please, I appeal to you. Open your hearts to the one who gives extravagant love. Open your hearts to the one, the three-stranded cord that's not easily broken. Open your hearts to the one who is ridiculous in his love towards us. Open your heart to the one who is completely selfless in his desire to give of himself to you. Give yourself to the one who is attracted to our brokenness, to our bluntness. Give yourself to the one who chases after us and says, I believe in you. Give yourself to the one who says, rise up, mighty warrior. And you say, but I'm blunt and I'm useless. But he says, rise up. Give yourself to the one. Homes, change the atmosphere in your homes. You might need to switch Netflix off and put worship music on. You may need to put your newspaper down or your apps or your TikToks and you need to pick up some scripture and some devotional guides and some things that will bless you and change the atmosphere in your home because... You might, have become, you might have come to a place where it's all about differences, but God wants to bring you to a place where it's about sharpening, where it's about equipping, where it's about being 
the person that God has designed you to be. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So a husband sharpens a wife. So a church member sharpens a church member. And church, I believe that we're going to see something in society even more so in the next two, three years than we've seen before. And that is that people who like that sort of toast will all gather in one club. People who like that sort of toast will all gather in another club. And we already see it now. We see social media being an echo chamber. People, they make friends with people who are just like them. And they all agree with the same thing. And if you don't agree with them, we are going to unfriend you. We're going to move on. We're going to ignore you. We're going to be nasty towards you. And our lives become echo chambers of the things we care about and the things we're passionate about. But do you know what? Church is never designed to be one person, one style, one personality, one background, one culture, one socioeconomical position. Church is never designed to be that. Church is a mix of people from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, from all cultures. The scripture talks about in heaven, every nation, tribe, and tongue will be gathered around the throne, and there won't be classes. There won't be different degrees of people who are closer than others. Every nation, tribe, and tongue will gather. Church, can we sharpen one another? Can we stop using these out of cynicism? Can we stop using these things to deplatform people? Can we stop using these things to injure others? Can we stop using our cynicism and our gossip? to affect others negatively? Can we come together, people with great difference, different backgrounds, and say, I'm going to give myself extravagantly to help make you sharp. And in so doing, you'll become sharp as well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that you believe in us. Thank you that Jesus came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. And you coming into our life has helped us discover a life that's beyond anything we've ever comprehended. We're so grateful to you, God. We're so grateful that you've called us from various walks of life, various backgrounds, various preferences. But you've called us to sharpen one another, to infuse one another with the purposes of God to be committed to love extravagantly, to pour out with grace in our hearts. And Lord, we pray that we would be those people. Just to invite you now, maybe there's been some differences that you've had with others. Maybe there have been some offenses. We looked at last week how it's, a, it's, to, our, it's to our honor to step over offense. It's to our credit. Maybe choose to step over those things that have injured you. Father, I pray for our marriages. Lord, I pray we will be people that would love each other, honor each other, care for each other. I thank you that 29 years of marriage and 
Lord, I thank you that Nita and I love each other more today than we've ever done. I think we're sharpening each other more than we've ever done, and we haven't got it right or perfect. But Lord, I thank you for the strength of that relationship. I thank you for the many friends around me. Thank you for this church, the diversity that there is in this church. Lord, I thank you even for those who love mushrooms. And Lord, I pray that we will sharpen one another and help each other become all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, um, time is gone. I'm going to hand over to Nige, and he's going to finish off our service this morning. But thank you for being with us today. You would have seen this week that we've announced that we'll be reopening our Sundays on the 18th of April. So that's just after the shops begin to reopen again. And we can't wait to see you in this room together. But this week, how can you sharpen someone? Go for it, in Jesus' name, amen.